Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Troll in the Paint Podcast. I'm John. Today, it's just going to be Trent around. Will is uh, out with a quote-unquote illness. <laughs> He's pulling a Carmelo. <laughs> we're, we're currently in discussions about his role, and he decided to sit this one out in the meantime. Yeah, who know? Yeah, who knows? Who knows where that's gonna go? Maybe it's uh, just like the Rockets. It may be a sign of things to come. But at least he, at least he's getting his money, whatever that means, whatever equivalent value of doing this podcast means. Yeah, but, he like Melo. He's making the minimum, the, veterans, <laughs> the, veterans, the, the veterans minimum, which is zero dollars for when it comes to podcasters. Yeah. All right then. Well, it's another week of chaos in the NBA, and even out into the realm of college that we're going to be touching on at the end of the podcast. That's but... right. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this may not be a continuing trend, but this is worth it. <laughs> this is oh, this is this is must this is must cover basketball material here. But we're going to start things off with the Jimmy Butler trade, which finally happened. He's finally out of Minnesota. I have to return my Wolves City Edition jersey. Wow. <laughs> the print. Why didn't you get a Towns one? Why would you buy a Jimmy Butler I'm one? joking. I'm joking. <laughs> like if of all of all of those jerseys you get, the one you got to grab is the, is obviously Derrick Rose. Like you have to get a Derrick Rose Prince oh City Edition jersey. 50 point scorer Derrick Rose, excuse me. God, that's one to wear at Coachella in 2021. But uh... it should have a 50 point patch on it. Like 50 points. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Okay, but Jimmy Butler to the Sixers. The full trade was Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton for Robert Covington, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and a second-round pick in 2022. Mm. Uh, initial reactions to seeing that? Um, I thought it was a good deal for both sides. I think Philadelphia saw Milwaukee beat Golden State and has seen Toronto play all season and was like, oh shit, we have to catch up to those teams. And also Boston is sort of like the sleeping giant that hasn't figured out how to play with all their guys yet, but we all sort of know that that other shoe's going to drop and they're going to figure it out because they're just too talented. Yeah. So I think Philadelphia was... They had a bad off season in the sense that they weren't able to lure Paul George or LeBron, and then they really didn't even get the outside. They lost Bellinelli and, and uh, Ilyasova, which is kind of to me symmetrical to the Rockets losing Mbamute and Ariza in the sense that in a vacuum, losing those guys doesn't seem as like a big deal. But when you talk about culture and spacing and just locker room presence, maybe it was more than we thought. Yeah. So I think they got off to like a weird start. And they were like, why not? They're not going to sign a big free agent, I don't think. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like that's that was in the cards. So they said, let's just – they basically did what Toronto did and was like, let's just go get him now, mm-hmm. take a chance, see how it goes, play with Ben Simmons and Embiid, J- Jimmy, and see if you like it. And then if you like it, then we're going to have, like, a really good core for the next six years. Yeah. Yeah. And then Minnesota got Saric and Co- uh, Rocco, who I think are, are good starters. Like, that's a good deal for them. I think yeah, they did was. about the best they, best they could do. Yeah, yeah, I agree as well. Um, yeah, I mean, from the Philly perspective, um, they did what I hoped that they would do, which was kind of, you know, accelerate the pace at which they were going as far as, like, team success and... Um, you know, because the rest of the roster, you know, it happened really fast. These are these are all guys who are like second year, third year players, 
But they're but they're ready for that next push. But they just they and they needed another guy to help them out with that. And I think Jimmy Butler can be that guy for them. And um, and for the Minnesota, yeah, I agree that they were that, that I think that was the best that they can do. Which and it was it was still pretty good. I mean, like you said, it was two starters, two guys that will um, be in better position to support Carl Anthony Towns. And, yeah, because now. I mean, in theory, Carl Towns is the clear-cut number one like option on offense now. I know, Derrick Rose. I know, Jeez. like it's it's like, yeah. From from Minnesota's perspective, like there's there's no there's no fucking excuse anymore. Like you can't you can't let Rose and like I bet Wiggins was is gonna be involved in this. You can't let Rose and Wiggins right. be the ones controlling the offense. Like Jimmy's gone, Towns should have the spotlight towns should have those touches and sarich and covington are two guys that can help them out a lot just by being floor spacers um covington is a really good defender uh sarich is Mm -hmm. a really good playmaker who can handle the offense when needed and um so yeah i mean it's two it's just a couple young pieces that i think more fit along the timeline of minnesota i doubt they make the playoffs but right i mean I think they kind of needed this. I think, I think that um, people uh, by getting Jimmy Butler, the their timeline was accelerated when it when it probably shouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I don't think them taking a shot on Jimmy Butler was a bad decision. No, no. But I agree with you in the sense that well, I mean, they did lose the Laurie Markkinen pick, but who knows if they would have picked Laurie Markkinen? I mean, that's hard to say. Yeah. And uh, and Jimmy was good that the year he played. I mean, he got hurt, but they were the three seed, I think, right before he before he got injured. Yeah, like they were yeah. a top four team in the league or in the West. Anyway, and so yeah, I agree with that. What you said makes sense. I think Sarge and Roko are going to be awesome for Minnesota. Like he's, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. It really depends on how good Carl Towns is. Like we're we're not really sure. We've seen flashes, but we don't really know. Yeah, like, can he carry an offense? Like it could be. I don't want to say this absolutely, but he could be sort of Porzingis-ish in the sense that he like puts up good numbers, but is he like the A one? Is he an A one star? I mean, he has all the tools, but we haven't really seen him do it. Yeah. Um, but I do think Saric will help him. I think that's like a perfect front core mate. They can both stretch the floor, but yeah. Kyle Towns, while he's posting up, he's going to stretch the floor for him. Whereas Gibson, I mean, I like Taj Gibson, but him shooting threes is always sort of like like last resort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um. And, you know, Rocco will be helpful for them. He can sort of take the pressure off Wiggins. Like, Wiggins does have to guard the A1 guy, so it's sort of similar to Jimmy Butler in that sense. And then he'll, yeah, like you said, he'll stretch the floor off the of Carl Towns double teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I actually hope Minnesota embraces this. They they should they should maybe consider starting Tyus Jones also. Like, just go yeah. all young. Like, you have nothing to lose. Just develop these players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would hope so. I mean... No, it won't happen. Tibbs yeah. is not going to start Tyus yeah. Jones. He's going to start Jeff Teague, and he's going to start Derrick Rose at the two. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that, and then brought Roke off the bench. I I don't know. I don't know what Tibbs is doing. Yeah. I think that if it was me, I would be like, I, I, I don't know, I'd try to sell it to Glenn Taylor. Like, hey, I did what you asked. I traded Jimmy for young players. Let's, let's you know, give me another year or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, probably. We don't know. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think uh, we all made fun of Tibbs, and we all – poked fun at him but to be honest like i think this is a good deal i don't know how instrumental he was in actually doing the deal from what i read he sort of finally realized like the bell went off in his like in his mind or the light bulb yeah yeah if you will that i can't 
have Jimmy and we can't win like this. Yeah. And finally, he they did this deal. And I actually think this deal is good. It's better than the Houston deal that was on the table. It's probably better than whatever Miami was offering because uh, by all accounts, right, we they weren't offering Josh Richardson. They yeah. were only offering Winslow and some other guys. Yeah. I think Sarage and Roku are probably both better than Justice Winslow right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was a good deal for Minnesota, honestly. And for a guy they were going to lose anyway, this is about as good as you can do. Yeah, yeah. And, um, God, I just, as we were talking about Tibbs, I just had the thought of Gibson starting ahead of Sarich, and I just, like, lost <laughs> it in my head. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think he will. I think Sarich will start. I think he's too good not to. He was having a little bit of a slow season, and the only reason I know this is because he's on my fantasy team, and the fantasy <laughs> guy was really, like, like, the little, like, fantasy tidbits would be like, yeah, Sarge can slow start, kind of continues, but it seemed like he sort of was picking it up recently, and now mm-hmm. he's traded, so I'm sure he'll take a step back mm-hmm. um, for a while, because he's got to get acclimated, but yeah, um, I think he can stretch the floor, he can play make, he can rebound, he can defend, I think he's going to start, uh, I would I would assume that they start Wiggins and Rocco, because why not? I would do that. Yeah. I don't know what Tibbs will do. I hope so, um, yeah. I'm more interested to see what Philadelphia does with their lineup. Because they don't really have a power forward now. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think at this like, point you just gotta start like the top five and just like, just like, just like I, I don't understand why we do this. Where Ben Simmons is clearly a power forward, but we label him as a point guard because he's the primary ball handler. It's like yeah, no, you can be you can be, you do. can be a point you can be a power forward and still like handle the ball every possession. I don't know why people are obsessed with calling him a point guard. Just start. Just start Fultz, Redick, Butler, Simmons, and Embiid. Yeah, or honestly, like, if it was what what I was considering is, like, if they want to keep Redick coming off the bench, like, yeah, they could either start Fultz and Butler, or they could start TJ McConnell and Butler, and then Simmons at the power forward. Yeah. Right, or something like that. Yeah. Some sort of, com- or, I, or some sort of combination of those guards and just have, like, a big backcourt. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Brett Brown does. I think obviously you want Jimmy Butler. I know Wilson Chandler is sort of coming back from injury, so maybe they, maybe he'll start at some point. Yeah, and they'll just go small. I don't know. It's it's fun. I mean, you don't really have to have a traditional power forward with Embiid because Embiid makes up for so many mistakes. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, clearly the the number one like um, question mark on this is that. Jimmy doesn't really add to what their biggest issue was before the trade, which was spacing. And I think he, he's had a good shooting season, though. So yeah, yeah. And you have to figure like his looks with Simmons and Embiid, his looks will be better. I would presume. I mean, I can only assume that I would. Yeah, I would. And with Redick too. I mean, if they wanted to start Redick and Jimmy, they could probably do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that, I think that would be the um, lineup that I would go with, and uh, I think. Because they took a little bit of uh, of a hit in their depth with this trade, I think that they're also going to pay a lot more attention to the waiver wire and the buyout market come February, yeah. March. I thought people were over exaggerating about that a little. They're like, "Oh my God, they gave up two starters for one." I'm like, "Yeah, but they're going to be buyout. Like that's what they did last season too. They got two good guys at the buyout. Yeah, uh, you know, at the buyout market. Like, yeah, they're in. They're players for that. Especially if this works. Like if Jimmy Butler comes in and they go on a run, like yeah. people are going to want to play there." Yeah. What what do you think of the people saying that this is destined to be doomed because this is exactly this is just Minnesota part 2 surrounding Jimmy with young guys who don't need his type of influence. Um 
the difference is that Embiid is a competitive uh like dude and <laughs> so and Ben Simmons by all accounts is like an asshole like yeah. to the point of being like because he's so competitive yeah and that if that if if that was the issue if it was just Towns and Wiggins not wanting to like not competing like to the level of Jimmy Butler I don't think that'll be a problem like Embiid competes like he talks so much shit on the court and all yeah. that's predicated on winning like he needs to win to be able to do that and I think he wants to win bad yeah so I think that'll be fine I am kind of interested to see the fault stuff like will Jimmy be helpful or will yeah he, that's like, a little scary be, I don't know by all accounts Fultz is a hard worker yeah but he just did he just worked on the wrong things yeah so, like maybe that'll work out I don't know like it seems like Jimmy is is a willing teammate if you're willing to put the work in to his to whatever level he thinks you have to. Yeah. So if Fultz can do that, maybe Butler will be a good influence. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really – yeah, that's going to be a really interesting dynamic. Because, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's there's never been a question about whether or not Fultz doesn't try. It's just that his shot is just really bad. And that's pretty much I'm more it. interested – yeah, I'm more interested to see who becomes like sort of the leader, like the I don't want to say like alpha dog, but to me it's Ben Embiid. Yeah. And then last season Simmons was kind of the alpha dog whenever Embiid was out. Yeah. And now you have basically three alpha dogs, and I want to see what the pecking order becomes. Yeah. Just like in the locker room, because it is sort of Embiid's team. I feel like yeah. he is the best player on the team, and he is the most important player on the team. But Butler is going to come in like I mean it's been it's been kind of made fun of by like guys like Bill Simmons stuff like that. It's like he hasn't really won anything, but he acts like he's won something. Yeah. So it's gonna be very interesting to see. Like I I think Embiid and Simmons last season went as far as Butler has ever gone. Yeah, like in the playoffs. So it's gonna be interesting to see like who sort of establishes himself as like the de facto leader of this team. Yeah, I think from a chemistry standpoint, I think that actually is I think that's a good problem to have because um like you touched on with Towns and Wiggins uh Embiid and Simmons are two guys that actually want to play two guys that actually love basketball and love to compete and loved and are, are like constantly like you know they're pushing themselves to be the leader and I think like it can be sort of like a like a good faith competition between the three of them to sure. try to see like who can be the best out of all three of them. So I think that's to something. Push each other. Yeah, that can kind of work in their favor. Um, if you take Philly's third stringers, can Jimmy Butler use them and beat and beat and Simmons in a in a, <laughs> in a scrimmage? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he would be able to do that. Well, a, I mean, like, really, that comes down to so really that Minnesota scrimmage came down to Towns versus Butler yeah. because Wiggins is is a scrub. <laughs> I mean, or at least he's played like I think he's talented, but he hasn't played well yeah. in like two years. It seems like so I'm not I'm not sure how effective he was in that scrimmage. But yeah, if it's Simmons and Embiid against Butler, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And um, let me see. Apparently, apparently there were some other um. Uh, I listened to the emergency pod put out by the Hoop Collective and Brian Windhorst, and supposedly there is a, a couple of other teams in the running for Butler, and um, after this recent five-game winning streak, that was when Thibodeau was like, okay, yeah, this isn't working. We got to trade him. Losing, and losing streak. Yeah. Oh, did I say winning streak? Yeah, oh, you so, said winning streak. They were taking them L's. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, losing streak. Wolves lost five in a row. And um, that was after the game on Friday, and he was uh, that was against Sacramento, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, this isn't working." 
and then like he told the teams that they were in negotiations with that they're gonna make a decision by the next day i'm assuming houston and miami were involved in that um maybe brooklyn maybe la i don't know but um yeah the, to me the only team that could have made a comparable offer to this is probably well Miami could have but they just didn't want to give rid of Josh Richardson which I think is weird because they put the same position yeah um the other the other team is probably LA the Clippers right like they could yeah. have made a comparable offer to this like they could have put Tobias Harris on the table or something like that but they probably just didn't want to yeah yeah that's true because they think they're going to get Durant or Kawhi yeah maybe they do i don't know i mean yeah i don't know we'll see okay and um one one question I saw on Twitter that I thought was really interesting was um which conference has a better top four now, the East or the West? Um, I mean Golden State is still like the primo team by probably a few notches. So just their power alone might put the West over the top. But the East is is, is very is very competitive at the top four. Yes. Like they're very good. Yeah, Toronto, Boston, Philly and then your pick of Milwaukee or Indiana, probably Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's, it, it's funny because all the jokes were like, oh, my God, the Western All-Star team is going to have, like, when LeBron went to West, it's like everybody's like, oh, my God, the Western All-Star team. And now the East has Kawhi, Jimmy now. So it's like they're, they're, it, it, it's funny how these things balance themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, people have been making that argument for years. I was like, the West is so stacked. Just fucking go to the East where you're, like, guaranteed a playoff spot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the bottom. I think the bottom half of the East is still pretty bad. Yeah. Um. After Indiana, it gets like you know we're talking about like Miami and Charlotte and yeah. I mean if you really if you're into if you're still a believer in Washington, yeah, figuring it out like you're talking about those teams. But yeah, the top four, it's probably still the West because I mean, are, are we, what top four are we talking about? Are we talking about the theoretical top four or are we talking about the actual top four? That was yeah. That was exactly why I was stumped by this question because I don't know who the top four are in the West. I mean, yeah, it's Golden State. It's probably what Golden State, Denver. Yeah, like, yeah Golden State, uh, Denver, and then after I don't know, New Orleans. After that, it gets very <laughs> wide open. Portland? <laughs> Is Portland? I don't know. Yeah, so if you want like a concrete top four. Yeah, and maybe the East, but I think Golden State is probably better than every team in the league still, especially when they're healthy and they haven't been healthy pretty much all season. Like I mean, yeah. on and Curry are out right now, and yeah, so yeah, it's probably still Golden State, but I don't know. It's 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 closer than it was last season. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. The, yeah, that's for when sure. When it was Houston and Golden State and like everybody else, it's what it felt like. Yeah, that's for sure. And then um, Woj also reported that with the Jimmy Butler trade that um, Philly is confident that they could reach a long-term deal agreement. Mm. And that made me wonder, um, you scratch him off the list, the all the superstar market next summer is just becomes one person shorter. And it left me wondering, yep. like, who... At this point, who do we really expect to switch teams? It's like... It's like I'm thinking about it from the perspective of, like, the people who missed out on Butler. It was like, I mean, we know Houston and Miami can't do it just because of cast-based reasons. Right. But, like, but like the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Nets, like, do the, do, do, like, before we even get into the possibility and, like, fits of the potential free agents going to those teams, like, which ones do we actually expect to go? So the only guys I can really think of off the top of my head is, like, maybe Kawhi, but if I was Kawhi, I would seriously consider not going anywhere else because that team is sort of built for the now and the future. Like, you have six years of really good players. Yeah. And you have a really good GM who has made nothing but good decisions, seemingly. 
Yeah, they have like Toronto has like no weaknesses. Like no weaknesses, and if Kawhi and Kawhi is like still what eighty five percent of what he could be. So if he ever gets to one hundred, like I think they're still the best team in the East right now. Yeah. Um, one of the fun, and then, one of the funniest, one of the funny things, just real quick about Kawhi. At, at the same time, it pisses me off, but it also I can't help but laugh at it. Is like I follow these people. I don't know who it is, but I follow these people on Twitter who keep making the joke that Kawhi was healthy all along, and it's just like fucking with the Spurs. I'm just like, <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I mean, he was in rehab, so it's hard yeah. to say. Unless he was just, like, on his phone in rehab, just, like, chilling. Like, every day he went to rehab to, like, keep... He, like, kept the facade going. Yeah. He was, like, in the rehab room just, like, playing Candy Crush on his cell phone. By the way, would not be surprised if Kawhi did that. Yeah, I know. Um, I was like, god damn it. So, so then you... So, if you, if you cross off him, and and for, like, for argument, let's say Dur- the Golden State wins the title and Durant decides, I'm just gonna stay here and make this, like, the greatest dynasty ever yeah. since the Celtics in the 60s. You cross him off. Yeah. Then you're talking about, like, Boogie Cousins. Yeah, that's assuming and, he's healthy like, guys again. like that? Right, exactly. Assuming you even want him, you're, you're talking about him and is Kimba a free agent? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, like Walker? Yeah, like, the free agent. The summer is gonna be headlined by probably Kemba Walker and then DeMarcus I mean, Cousins. And that's that's about it. And so the thing the thing I think you would want to do if you're a team like that is just hope New Orleans sucks because then you maybe yeah. get a chance at Anthony Davis. Like that's like that's obviously true. if any free agent, maybe even Durant. Like it's probably close. But if you could have Anthony Davis, you might even take him over Durant. So that's the guy you'd probably target if the free agents end up staying. Like yeah. I think that's the guy you'd want. Yeah, yeah. You just try to make a grandfather offer to like New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, that's if, true. If New Orleans goes like forty-five and thirty-seven, which it seems like they might, because they have sort of regressed to the mean. Uh-huh. I think some of their players that were playing out of their minds. Um, I don't know. Like, could the Lakers get him? Like, if they're like Ingram, like basically all their young guys. Like, <laughs> here, take yeah. all of them. We want Anthony Davis. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if New Orleans would even do it. Yeah, so. I mean, I think. Well, we'll definitely have our answer by next summer because by that point they can offer him the supermax, and if he turns it down, then that says something. But um, well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so like, I don't know if the if the Lakers are invested in trying to get him, like they need to not make the same mistake that they've already made twice with Kawhi and Paul George, and just bite the bullet and put together a decent trade package. The Paul George one is the one that I don't understand. I just feel like they probably should have just traded. Who was who were they? It was like someone wasn't it Lonzo or something that was the hold up in that deal? I don't remember. I think it was. And Paul and Paul George traded. flat out said that if he wasn't traded to OKC, he probably would be a Laker right now. Yeah. Well, Paul George is a weird dude. I can't. <laughs> I can't really get a read on him. Like he yeah. didn't even take a meeting. It was bizarre. He took no meetings. It's like this is yeah. the only time you're going to be a free agent in the prime of your career, and he took no meetings. It made no sense at all. Yeah. But. Oh, well. yeah. Oh, well. He has his money. But yeah, you're um, right, Boogie. The Boogie sweepstakes. Let it begin. Let the Boogie sweepstakes begin. <laughs> Someone's going to offer. Like, can you imagine? Like, that would be, like, the greatest injustice of basketball if, like, we take maybe the best player ever, LeBron, tries to bring the Lakers back to relevance, and then they end up having to max out DeMarcus Cousins. Like, wouldn't that be, like, one of the. I mean, that would be. To be fair, I mean, I don't think it would be. If, if, if Boogie comes back and he's, like, Boogie, like, I don't think that's a bad. It's not a bad gamble. But, I mean, he is really good. But, yeah. Yeah, he's never won anything. Like, yeah. So, it's hard to say. 
whether LeBron LeBron has said on record that he thinks Boogie is the most talented big man in the league. Yeah. He probably doesn't believe that now. He probably thinks Anthony Davis is, but he did say that in the past. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and um I guess let's let's use this trade as a segue into the Rocket Spurs game. So what 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 this what this Jimmy Butler trade, where do you like that was clearly the Rockets one move to make an upgrade. So where do you think that leaves them now now that Jimmy Butler is no longer an option? I think you got to go with the good old addition by subtraction. <laughs> Say goodbye to Melo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I actually don't think Melo is the problem with Houston, which is I mean he is a problem, but yeah. it's not the problem. Yeah. The problem with Houston is that they all look like they're out of shape. Yeah, they all look slow. Like they look so unathletic. No it's one, bizarre to me. Yeah, everyone like from the from the games that I have seen of Houston, they all look either unhealthy or uninspired. Like I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, See, but I I would have agreed with the uninspired thing a couple weeks ago, but then again, they were like not whole. But yeah. like last night, it looked like they were trying, but they just couldn't make layups. Oh yeah, they or shots. They couldn't make anything it was like at the little, all. I was texting uh, Will last night, uh-huh. and I was just sending, like, I was like, they missed a layup. They missed another layup. In, like, a span of five minutes in the first quarter, I think they missed, like, five layups. And I was like, I've never seen a team full of professional basketball players be so inept around the rim. And it's not like the San Antonio has Joel Embiid back there. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I didn't watch the game live. Uh, in that in that time that the game was going on, I was watching A Star Is Born. I thought that was going to be the most depressing thing <laughs> about my day, and then I go home and see that Rockets box score, and it's like nine of yeah. nine of forty one from three, and thirty two percent overall. Yeah, so That's I have nuts. a few theories. So theory number one is that Harden and Paul came in the camp out of shape. So that that's that's theory number yeah, one. Yeah, possible. And and because of that, they're playing. so slow they're playing about as slow like okay so i looked up before the podcast with john and we sort of decided okay they're not playing slower than they were playing last year but relative to the rest of the league they are playing slower yeah like i think they're 27th in pace and i don't know if it's like is i don't know if it's big it felt like the first few games this season they got blitzed yeah with this new pace everybody's playing way fast and they were like whoa we we can't defend like this like so part of my theory was like maybe they're slowing it down to to not be as bad on defense, yeah, and and that is hurting the offense, yeah. But it's it's a cyclical thing. I mean, their defense has been better, but I can't tell if it's if it's actually better or if it's because the Rockets are playing so fucking slow <laughs> that it looks better. It, it 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 looks better. It reminds me of when Jeff Van Gundy was the coach. Yeah, oh, that idea reminds me of that because that's how he used to play. They would like walk the ball up the court and like they yeah. and everybody was like, "We well, have a good defense." Like, well, they play like, really slow. <laughs> so it's hard for any team to really look good against them. So part of me wonders that. I, I do think I don't know. I, I I can't imagine Harden missing layups for the whole, entire season. Yeah. Like, it would be sort of unprecedented. Yeah, and um, um and I saw that um Chris Paul, I mean, he's kind of been deflecting the questions, but apparently he has an elbow injury. That he's not he's not really talking about. I don't know why. I, I mean, it's the same thing he did last season when he had like small nicks and stuff. He wouldn't talk about it. He would always be like, "I just gotta go out there and hoop. I gotta make buckets." Yeah, that's, that's kind of how he talks. I mean, if, yeah, but I mean, if it's on your shooting elbow, that's a problem. He's like missing free throws too. He's like regularly ninety percent from the free throw line, and yeah. he's shooting like seventy seven this year. 
it's been strange watching Chris <laughs> Paul play because I don't. It, it's weird because I watch him play and he's like unden- undoubtedly less effective. Yeah. But the way he handles and like he doesn't look slower per se, like around like going around picks and stuff. But I think the elbow is a thing because there are times when last season he would just take the mid range jump shot and now he's not. He's like dribbling it, oh, okay. an extra two dribbles. And there are times when he has open threes and he's not taking them and he's like doing extra passes and stuff. So I don't know how serious the elbow injury is. It's, if he's still playing, it can't be that serious. It maybe it just hurts. I don't know yeah. what the problem is, but he had a really good game in Brooklyn, like not that long ago, like where yeah. he had thirty points. So it's very weird. I don't know what's going on with this team. It's unex. It's inexplainable. It's really, really weird. What's and, going and, on? I mean, there are things that I do see. Like Clint Capella looks like a guy that got paid. I don't like yeah. saying stuff like that, but that's what it looks like to me. He's, yeah. just, he's late on rotations, and like, I mean not that's rebounding. that's one of my his theories. rebounding rate is way down. Yeah, like, his rebounding rate is way down. It's like eight percent down, which is bad. Yeah, yeah. Considering that he's the only big guy they play, so his rate his rebound rate needs to be like thirty five, and I think it's like twenty two or something right now, maybe lower. Yeah, he. Um... That was one of my theories. Is that I mean, Clint. I think I think it's less so that he got paid and isn't trying. I think he's a little bit resentful because it was restricted free agency and he got less than what he could. I think I think that. Well, I mean, now it looks like he got overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It was like, okay, you're gonna pay me, uh, like, I don't. Know, what what did he get? He got like you. You paid me eighteen million. He, he's, yeah. It's like he's trying to figure out what the value is of an eighteen million dollar player and trying to match that instead of going and, all out. And also, his his contract is like very incentive heavy. I think for certain numbers. So, I, uh, part of me wonders is if that's getting in his head. Like, if he's like, oh, yeah. I gotta have this many block shots. So now he's like chasing blocks instead of just like being on time and stuff like that. Yeah, that is something that I've thought about because like usually or last season he wouldn't chase blocks. He would just get them organically. And then he would be in position to rebound. This year, it seems like he's out of position to rebound a lot because he is chasing blocks. And part of me wonders is if that contract situation, that incentive, yeah. if there's an incentive in there for block percentage or something like that, and he is trying to get that up so he can make as much money as his contract should be worth. Yeah. But I think stuff like that will work itself out. Like, typically, yeah. when guys do that, like, eventually, it just like you just start playing basketball the way you're supposed to play basketball. Yeah. And Jeff Bizzellick is supposed to come back at the end of November. I, I don't know yeah. how big of a de- difference <laughs> that'll make. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty funny that they said that he's going to come back, like, a month later. He was like, okay, I got, I got this vacation planned, so I need that's to... That, that's that, like, stack of money under the table, like, not on the contract. Like, hey, can you just, like, like Tillman Fertitta made a phone call? It's like, how much money is it going to cost, really? Yeah, like, exactly. To come out of retirement. Exactly. And... Um, as far as your, like, you... I feel like this, this sort of... We degenerate into uh, the Spurs rocket stock, but the initial question you asked was who should they go after? Yeah. And I, I've been saying the same thing, like Bazemore, Batum, those seem like realistic guys they could probably get. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking... Charlotte, it might be harder to get Batum now because Charlotte's playing like moderately well. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was thinking more about that since you mentioned it last week that, you know, they should may not try to put together everything and try, and try to land a star and they should maybe just like separate the pieces and go after role players. Or just maybe like wait for the buyout market because uh, I, mean, I don't know how long they can wait. I was, uh, I mean, they'll they, they'll be 
if I mean if if they if they're still having these problems by February March, then they have a lot more issues than who's and then who are they waiting yeah. on to sign in the, in the buyout market. But uh, yeah, I was thinking, you know, like, um, and I mean, even though they look bad, like I don't think the answer is like drastic changes. Like if they can if they can um, you know put together small packages for people like Jonathan Simmons or Kyle Korver, I think that that would be worth doing. If they can, like, wait until the buyout market for whoever will come out. I mean, I could see Ariza possibly coming back if he gets bought out by the Suns. I think that was a personal thing. I don't know how realistic that could be. Uh, I mean, he if he he gets his money for, like, seven months out of the year, I mean, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably good enough for him. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll come I, back. I think they could have... A lot of the Ariza thing was, I think they, they probably could have got him for less than 15. They could have got him for, like, 10 or 11, but they didn't even make that offer, and I think that's why mm. he was like, fuck you guys then, you know? Okay. Like, I'm out of here then. So yeah. that's probably part of it. I don't know how real it is. I mean, maybe he would come back just because of his relationships yeah. with the players on the team. He, I don't know. He struck me It'd as be interesting. He struck me as a Philly candidate if if if, yes. if Ariza, that is something I could see. If Ariza sure. gets bought out, I think Philly goes after him hard. Because they still they still have their mid level exception, so they can outbid anybody on the buyout market. So, yeah. But um, so should we talk about Melo and his role with the team? Yeah, we haven't e- we haven't even gotten to that bizarre. yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, according to Jonathan Fagan, he was actually sick last night. Yeah. That's not like that. That wasn't like a thing that they just made up. Yeah. But it feels like a thing they just made up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's very very odd that two. I mean, it's it's very possible. It could just be a coincidence, but it's very odd that at the same time you get two reports out: one that he is not playing, and two that he is going to talk about it with the team, what his role for the rest of the season is with the team. Another thing that I struck me as interesting was Mori, or not Mori, but uh, D'Antoni's quotes after the game was like, "Well, you have to talk to Daryl Mori about that. I, I'm not really involved." Yeah, like, I saw that. Aren't you the one? Aren't you the one that's sort of coming up with the roles on the team? You're the head yeah, coach. Yeah, you're so the it's coach. Very weird that he's like, "I don't want to talk about that. I'm focused on winning." Like, talk to Mori. It's yeah. like, how much control does Daryl Mori have? Daryl Mori's the godfather. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's... carving out roles on the team. He's like, uh, I, I, maybe it is that. Maybe Mori's like, well. F- so another thing I heard was Fagan. Or I don't remember if it was Fagan or someone tweeted that uh, part of it is that the Rockets really like Gary Clark Jr., the rookie that they got from Cincinnati, yeah. and he's he's and like he's, the lone he's... bright spot of the season. Is that Gary Clark? Gary right. Clark like, looks like that... a good get. He looks like he could be a rotation guy, yeah. And especially at wing, which is where they need help yeah. the most. So part of it was that well, when Gordon Gordon was out for a while, and so Melo was basically doing what Gordon does, being like the sixth man that comes in, and just kind of bombs, yeah. And now that he's back, and Gary Clark's going to get minutes, and yeah. uh, they were like, we don't really know, like, we don't, they were like, we're not going to give Gary Clark less minutes because you. Yeah. So I think that was part of it. But D'Antoni said in the thing that Melo's back of four, so I don't know what the issue is then. Yeah. Still, I, I still don't understand. Yeah, I was wondering, is like, yeah, I can understand, like, having to shave off some minutes for Clark, but, like, he's still... He he's playing in the fl- he's he's playing in the front court. He's one of their fo- he's Tucker's backup. Yeah, damn it. yeah, like, that's what it is. Yeah, like, I don't... their front court rotation is Capella, Tucker, and Mello, Oof. and a ca- and Hartenstein. And, yeah, as is... occasionally Hartenstein, a guy that should be playing in China. <laughs> <laughs> that guy looks like the most uncoordinated player I've ever seen. I don't know how he beat Chris, but that's that's just an that's an you know indictment on Chris. Yeah, like, yeah. Chris is a guy that supposed to have all this talent, and he couldn't even beat Hartenstein for minutes. Like, it's, yeah bad yeah and so that's that's what i'm wondering is like where 
if you don't want to play mellow, then where where are all these minutes going to go? Are you going to give like the full 48 at two positions to Capella, Tucker, and fucking Ennis? As... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ennis, too. Right, Ennis was back, too. I forgot he was hurt, and he came back. So I think that's part of it, too. Yeah. So, like, you want to you get... You want... Is that what the rotation's gonna be? Like, th- at least, like, 33 minutes a game to each, like, bu- to Ennis, Tucker, and Capella? Is that what's gonna happen? One thing I've noticed, too, is that they're not playing Ennis that much. Like, I thought Ennis was just gonna step in and get Ariza's minutes, but yeah. he's playing way less than Ariza played last season. Like, Ariza was always, like, 33 to 34 minutes per game, and Ennis is playing, like, maybe 30, yeah. like, maybe 28 to 30. Yeah. It's very strange the way they're doing minutes. I mean, I yeah. think they're just playing Gordon and Harden more, which... Is gonna hurt them long run. Yeah, like. yeah. Last night, last <laughs> night, um, Harden had thirty eight and Chris Paul had forty minutes. Yeah, Chris Paul can't play forty. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> I mean, I think the idea was like, hey, uh, well, I don't know. It's just Brandon Knight, maybe. I have, but he's yeah. like, he's not gonna play. Like, yeah, wh- when is, it seems like he's when is he coming back? It's no timetable. Yeah, what about Nene? <laughs> Uh, Nene, I think, had a setback, and that's why he didn't come back. Okay. But Nene, they, they actually need him, because he'll help. Yeah. In fif- like, for 15 minutes a game, just, yeah, just getting through the solid. Yeah, just getting through the regular yeah. season, you need Nene. Well, I like, I like the way Nene plays sometimes as the role man. I think yeah, he, he's sometimes good. he does a better job, against, especially against guys like Adams, who abused Capella the other night. Like, Nene comes in and sort of, like, settles everything down. Yeah. Because he's just big. He's just a big fucker, so... <laughs> Yeah, he's a big dude, and he's a big dude, and he's got like surprising athleticism going in a straight line. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I don't true. know. I, the Rockets are the most confusing team I think in the NBA. Them and the Celtics, but the Celtics' problem seems more like pretty obvious. Like they just have too many good good players. Yeah. So yeah. whereas the Rockets don't have enough good players, <laughs> and their superstars aren't playing like superstars. That's the main issue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if there is. If there's a point in the season where it's time to sound the alarms, when does that happen and what does that actually look like? To be honest, the way the so the way that they've reacted in the in the uh, in post post game pressers and stuff like that has been pretty similar to the 2015-16 season, which is that they'll never acknowledge it and they're just going to keep saying. Oh, it's just one game, you know. We just got to get some wins together. Got to play better. Yeah. It, it this team, the scary thing about this team is that it really reminds me of last year's Thunder team <laughs> because they're very similar in that they got off to a bad start and that they refuse to acknowledge that they're in any trouble. They're like, oh, you know, there's 50 games left, whatever, and that becomes 40 games, and then that becomes 30 games, and it's like, well, you know, we just got to figure out the rest of the season. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen, Maury. Put this team in a position where he can't let that happen. Yeah, there really is no wiggle room. Like you're winning with this, but well, you're winning with Paul and Harden and Capella, and that's it. So yeah. you have to figure out a way to make that work. Because if it doesn't work, you are screwed for the next five years. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Although here is Mori is a dark wizard, John. Does <laughs> that mean this is my last? This is my last theory. Yeah, he talked to Harden and Paul. He sat them down. Presumably in some big theater room that Tillman Fertitta owns, and he just played Zion Williamson highlights. <laughs> and, <was> like, <laughs> and I was like, "Listen here, guys, 
You guys are not pl- going to play well this season, and by mid-year we're going to shut you down and we're going to draft him. Oh, my God. So, that's my only theory. That's my only other theory. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Zion later, but, yeah. I'm, I'm mostly ki- Obviously, I'm kidding, but, I mean... Can you imagine... Tank a year. Just imagine the box house between Williamson and Tucker. Just, like, no one would get... Oh, yeah. I don't... Man, I if that even... I, I'm excited to see the trade packages that people make for that number one overall pick <laughs> next year. Like, I, I honestly think like superstar, superstars might be on the table. Yeah, like for that guy. Maybe. But no. One. All right. One more thing. Um, do you think it's any possibility that the Rockets go after another star? Who? Who though? I. I, I mean, the only Red ninety four posed this too. I mean, Kevin Love. Like he's not going to help. Yeah. The well, the only names that I could think of were Kevin Love and Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal would be great. I just don't see why the Wizards would trade him for to the Rockets. I mean, what are they getting back? Gary Gordon picks? I don't know if that's enough. Yeah. Bradley Beal's a really good player. I wouldn't trade Bradley Beal for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's And true. he's on a pretty good contract. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just I mean, I would love to have Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal would be great. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I don't... I, don't I, I would start him. I would play Harden at the three if they got Bradley Beal. Yeah. But, um, I don't... I mean, unless the Wizards are like... They just... Maybe we should get to our only question of the day, which is what team uh, from my coworker Tom, which is what team would trade for John Wall? Um, as by to bring on to end on the Beal thing is like the only the only way that Beal gets traded is if they can't find a suitor for John Wall or Otto Porter. Yeah, but, but then and then um, even at that, like I'm 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 no fan of making a change for the sake of making a change. Like I don't, I don't know, man. Neither I, is neither is a. Uh, the owner of the Wizards, the Leonsis. He's yeah. not... I mean, the Capitol... I know this is hockey, but the Capitals won the title last year with largely the same roster that they had had, that they had failed with for years before that. Yeah. Like, they're very much into, like... They're very much like the Steelers and, like, like that kind of franchise. Like, he runs franchises that kind of way where he's like, I'm sticking with these guys. I'm going to give them all the support I can possibly give them, and I'm not going to make a change until it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, but to, to answer uh, Tom's question... John Wall, who, yeah. who who wants John Wall? Who wants that contract? Yeah, he played really good last night. Yeah. to be fair, he had twenty eight points, nine assists, and they won a game. Yeah, against Miami, who was like you know a, a, a pretty decent team. Who wants John Wall? Yeah, Phoenix. That's that, yeah that that's the question. Bef- that the question before who can trade for John Wall is who wants him <laughs> because that's right. That's a whole... I mean, John Wall is still, like, objectively a really good player in the league, but, God, that contract, that's just so bad. Like, he... Having John Wall on a super max, like, I love him, but no. No. Would would you do it if you were, like... What if you're, like, Milwaukee, and you're like, we have to show Giannis that we, we're serious about winning, and they trade Bledsoe and, like, somebody else for him? If they can do it, just for, if they can do it, but just I don't for even know John Wall play well. Would John Wall play well in that system? Probably not. Like he wouldn't really fit that system. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So it's like, and like they're, I don't they're, know they're trying what, to emphasize three pointers now, and John. That's not. What about? What about like Detroit? That's another team. I think like if they they wouldn't trade. I don't think they would trade Blake, but I don't think they could trade Blake. But. uh Maybe if they just traded Reggie Jackson and, like, another contract, and then you have John Wall, Blake Griffin, and Drummond. Like, would that? Um, I mean, that spacing would be... Woo. That'd be like that Chicago team with <laughs> Wade and Rondo and Butler. That'd be really bad spacing, but... You know who's going mean, to get John Wall is whoever strikes out in free agency next year. 
There you go. There you go. New new Laker John Wall. What about Charlotte? He's from Carolina. He's from North Carolina. Michael Jordan. That's true. You know, he's not exactly the smartest guy in the world when it comes to making <laughs> trades. <laughs> God, would he really throw it all away to try to make a Wall and Kemba Walker backcourt no. work? Oh, I think he would trade Kemba. Kemba it would be the idea, oh, like God. the idea that they don't want to pay Kemba anyway, and that that's like they the, get Wall back. That's like the one good decision Michael Jordan ever made is drafting Kemba Walker. That's like, the, and they don't want to pay him. God. They they have to pay, they I'd like I know that they don't want to but they have to they let him walk in free agency they're gonna be they could trade him they're gonna be stuck in they're gonna be stuck in irrelevance for like the wasn't next there, five years wasn't there like a semi like I thought that it was semi serious the deal between or a dealing between Cleveland and Charlotte last year like they were yeah. semi serious about actually trading him yeah yeah that was so. back whenever uh, when they missed out on getting Paul George there was a bunch of rumors about them moving on to Kemba Walker. But um, Cleveland should have did that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how successful that. I don't know how uh, far along they got in trade negotiations. But yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Here, let me see. I'm trying to. I'm looking at Trade Machine now, seeing if there's um, like any reasonable trade. What's What's John Wall's salary going to be next year? What like was it's like thirty eight or something? God, it starts like, at thirty eight. Shit. It's something like that. I'm not actually like, sure. Let me look it up. John Wall Supermax. If they can... Let me see. If they want to... Let me see. If the if Charlotte loses Kemba, theoretically they can get John Wall for a combination of Batum, Biombo, and assets. But why would... I mean, like unless the picks are good, why would Washington do that? Yeah, that's true. Also, I think there's a trade kicker, too. <laughs> yeah. Ah! Yeah, that's another thing, too. He gets a trade bonus. He gets a trade bonus, and with these sal- max salary contracts, these super max contracts, with the, tra- the trade bonuses are, like, astronomical now. Wait a second. John Wall is only 26 years old? Oh, he's 28. 28, okay. yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> the Post said, I mean, I guess it was last year, but that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's 28. He's on a four four year, 170 million dollar contract. Hey, that's a lot of money. It's too much money. Yeah, it's a lot of money, dude. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, getting back to the original question, I think that answers. Um, if anybody can really trade for John Wall, I mean. I mean, let, let me let me just run through the trade machine for Phoenix because, like, I'm I'm really curious to see because, like, theoretically that makes the most sense, but I wonder what that would actually look like. So Phoenix is up there. Oh, so SB Nation actually wrote a story, literally do, uh, doing the same thing we are. So their their top four teams are Miami, Detroit. Yeah, I could see um, both. Uh, New Orleans, if New Orleans got desperate. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I could true. see that actually. I don't, and they have bad contracts to trade back. Although if you're wa- and then San Antonio is fourth. I don't actually mm-hmm. think that's real though. Oh yeah, that's terrible. I can't imagine Greg Popovich being like, "Yeah, let's do it all in on DeRozan and John Wall." <laughs> yeah, no, that's fucking terrible. Dude, the mid range, ju- mid range jump shots god. would be so good. Oh my god! If we had. By the way, I thought it was uh, so. The last night they just real quick on DeRozan. Last night the game was broadcast on NBA TV and they used local broadcasters. Uh-huh. And it was in San Antonio. Uh-huh. And Sean Elliott was so mean to James Harden. It was like every time someone, 
every time Harden was guarding anybody, he's like, yeah, that's Harden on you. You got to take that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Harden, Harden wasn't even bad. Like, because all the things DeRozan does well in offense, like Harden is actually like not bad at defending, like post-ups and stuff. Like, yeah. that's where Harden's actually good. Yeah. So it's very weird. Oh, yeah. So shame on you, Sean Elliott. Yeah, shame he's a total, you. yeah, he's a total homer. And just like, he, he's basically there to shit talk, really. He's not. He's like, he does shit talk. As, as much as I, as, as much as I love him and like what he contributed as a Spurs player, he's a terrible, terrible analyst. I don't, I won't say he's terrible. It was just like very like mainstream narrative. Like John uh, James Harden is a bad defender, but it's like everybody knows that he's really only a bad defender in space. He's fine in close and yeah. post ups. He's, he's fine. He's like he's actually good, especially yeah. post ups. So it was very strange that Sean Elliott was like, yeah, every time he got hard on him, got make him work, make him work. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, dude. Whenever That's I did, fun. whenever I did my Spurs update after that Spurs Lakers game, um, I said that the Spurs were last in defensive rating. Can you guess what rank they were in defensive rating in the two weeks since then? Probably, probably pretty good if you're bringing it up. Probably like in the top twelve. They're first. <laughs> wow. Maybe that's why the Rockets. Could... No, that's not why. <laughs> they went. I mean, now overall they're thirteenth, but they went from being thirtieth yeah. to first in from the first two weeks to the last two weeks, which is really yeah. I think the Rockets. Uh, Jonathan Vega reported the Rockets are actually like eighteenth right now, which is like the same place they were last year at this time. Yeah, which is funny. Yeah, I have but the only difference is that their offense is last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, people love to. I mean, I get it. Melo is an easy out, but he's not the one. He's not the one dragging their offense from like top three he's to not bottom helping three. When he does that thing. He's not helping when he's like, "Oh, I got to post up. Let me post up." And then he's like, "Oh, I got to pump fake and take a bad two. Like he does that sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, I actually didn't think. I actually don't think Melo is an issue though. Like, yeah, he had a really bad game against Oklahoma City. He shot zero for eleven. Yeah, but other than that, he's actually been fine. But yeah, let's not talk about the Rockets. We're, we're talking about John Wall. Who who who's taking John Wall? Nobody, right? I think that's our answer. No. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Even even looking at Phoenix, like unless Washington is willing to accept crap, they're not going to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Um, Ariza, like Ariza's contract, and like yeah, I don't. I don't know what else you're getting. And and they 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 don't have cast space, so I don't think that they can compensate for a Wall's trade bonus. So I think if a Wall trade the trade kicker, I mean, yeah. he could waive that, but he won't. Yeah, I wouldn't waive it if I was him. Yeah. So if there's any opportunity for Wall to be traded, it's probably going to happen next summer. Yeah. But. So that means Bradley Bill, baby, is on the market. <laughs> I would take Otto Porter too. I don't know who Houston could trade money wise to make that work, but I would take Otto Porter. Yeah. We could take if we could trade Brennan Knight and Marquise Chris and two first round picks late later, not the not next year's um for Otto Porter, I'd do that. I don't think Washington would do it though, because they're like, Why? What's the point? Although Otto apparently is the one that John Wall and Bradley Bill hate the most. Like Which is weird. Yeah, it's weird, especially weird, because I've, I've actually talked to Otto Porter, and by all accounts, he's seemed like a very nice guy. It was very, it's very weird that he is, uh, that he's like the pariah in this in the locker room. He's such a, he seems like a quiet, mild mannered person. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he. If I had to, I mean, all those contracts are pretty bad. Well, the Bradley Beal contract is actually really good. The Bill contract's good. Yeah, they need it. That's why I wouldn't. I would. I would just never trade him. Like I did, and I think he's also the best player on the team. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it seems like I mean he did get. He was like one of those guys that got frequently injured at the beginning of the year, but it seems like he's past that now. 
Then they were all like weird. They were all weird though, right? It was kind of like Eric Gordon. They were all like kind of freaky injuries. Yeah, just like, like they all like... nagging injuries. Nothing chronic. It was yeah. There was there was other like a knee injury or like a foot injury. Those are the ones you worry about. He never had those. It was like a broken hand or something like that. Like yeah, just kind of freak stuff. But yeah. Okay. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, should we talk about we we sort of touched on Milwaukee earlier, but uh, did you did you think yeah. that the game against the Warriors was a statement, or do you think because Curry was out or out missed some of it, and Draymond I think was out at the whole thing? Yeah. How big of a difference is that? Do, does it still count for anything? I mean, I think it does count because like the Warriors are still pretty stacked. Like even besides those guys, I mean, clearly they're not like. Well, Curry played in what half of it? Three quarters. I think of it? so. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but um, no, I think that was a really good. If anything, it was it was a really really good confidence booster for Milwaukee because yeah, I mean I'm sure. I mean it has it hasn't been it has it was never really a dominating headline, but I'm sure it got to their heads that people wondered if they're like a legitimately good team or not. And I yeah. think a win like that shows that you know like you can think of us what think about us in whatever way that you want but you can't deny that we're like we're one of like this is our leap now like we're one of the top teams in the league they have been i mean they beat they've beaten golden state they've beaten toronto yeah although toronto didn't play with Kawhi, but they weren't playing with Giannis. it was like yeah it was like minus the superstars and milwaukee like dusted them yeah yeah so it's it's interesting. They have like the best offense in the league, I think, right now, right? Or they're one of the best offense. I don't know about offense rate, but they're scoring the most points. Yeah, let were. me yeah, let me look it up. But uh yeah, I mean that's I mean, amazing what you can do with a good head coach. With <laughs> I know, right? Just one the system that works. Oh wow, put four shooters around Giannis and watch us flourish. It's like Yeah. Yeah, seriously like that's that's all like what he's done. Let me see. Let me see. The the Bucks are second in points per game, just two tenths behind Golden State. And then uh, let me see what the advanced numbers say. They are. Let me see. They have the number three offense behind Golden State and Toronto. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, even at that, that's a massive upgrade from what we were used to seeing. It's a huge upgrade. I mean, last year they just were like, "Here, Giannis, do something with it," and uh, and then he would, you know, make something happen. But it wasn't on a high, high level. Yeah, he doesn't. Off he doesn't minute. have to work as hard as he used to. Like, it, no, not at all. It's helping him so much, having so much extra space now that like uh, his teammates are actually moving, and there are also they're either moving or at the three point line. Is he, you give Giannis that space below the three point line where he can pretty much just get to the will at get to the rim at will, right. and I mean and if and if for whatever reason that doesn't work out, it gets a lot. It it just um, you know it works out a lot better having Middleton and Brogdon and Brook Lopez and uh, Ilya Silva just parked out at the three point line. I mean, it's That's right. You hear that, Will? You're getting dunked on by Giannis <laughs> Dun- at will, right at you. <laughs> Ah, but, uh, zing. I have to come up with la- I have to come up with all the lame jokes because Will's gone. It sucks. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I mean, 
this, you know what it reminds me of though? Seriously, it reminds me of the when Kerr got to Golden State and he took this team yeah. that was talented but like was poorly coached. Yeah, and was like sort of good but never taken seriously. And then immediately they get a good coach and it's like, wow, they're one of the best teams in the league. And it's it really feels like that. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing what they should have been doing all along, and like, I mean I'm glad that they finally fixed their mistakes and you know got got a really, really good coach in Budenholzer who can, you know, um, actually put to practice the things that they were preaching. And now they're, now they're playing like a modern offense. They're playing like their, their, um, their shot percentages as far as like where on the court they're taking their shots. It's like almost equal to how the Rockets shot last year. They're like doing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not, it really hurts my feelings when you do that. Not but not by percent not by percentage of what of how often they were going in, but by percentage of what shots they were taking on the floor. They're taking yeah, they're taking yeah. way more threes, they're taking way more shots at the rim, they're cutting down on mid on mid range shots. I think Middleton has like doubled his three point attempt rate. Which is good because he's one of the best shooters in the league. Yeah, he's taking seven point seven three pointers a game and shooting forty five point seven percent. Yeah, see, also, shout out to him on my fantasy team. By the way, I have the best winless fantasy team in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like, what I was going to say, Dex, like you against Will, one of y'all have to win. <laughs> I know, it's, it's well, I mean, i just been hurt by, like, it seems like once a week, Harden or Westbrook gets hurt, and I'm screwed. Like, it's it literally once a week, like, oh, Harden's out this week. Oh, Westbrook's out. Oh, Harden's back, but Westbrook's out. And that's what's been happening to me. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know. It's early in the, you know, like the Rockets. You know, it's early in the season. I'm not gonna panic. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, no, no crazy trades or anything like that. I picked up Stephen Adams in free agency. I can't believe someone cut him. I was weird. Man, what the hell, Mo? Why did he cut him? <laughs> I don't know. There's been some very bizarre cuts. I will say that in our league, it's it's a uh, it's a strange time to be in the uh, what, what's our league called this year? We, we the, always rename it. No, it's it's still fantasy basketball. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> not that. Uh, you want to talk about city jerseys real quick? Yeah, yeah. They are mostly all bad. Really? You think um, so? Uh, yeah. I mean, anytime you do like like Philadelphia's, they downgraded. They went with like rocky sweat color. I it's love those. Very. Those are terrible. Gray is a bad color. I hate gray. I do too, but I think that's like the one gray jersey that I think works. I don't. I just you didn't like their their script one last year was perfect. Like I can't imagine. Like uh, why do they have to change it? I mean, it was, is it like is are, is the league making them change it? Like they have to yeah, have one every, one every every year? yeah they have to have a different one every year. That's so dumb. Like if you have a perfect uniform, why would you change it? I don't understand. Yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, I thought they were good, but I didn't think they were that good. Like I think honestly, like this year's are they better. were so good that they like didn't even wear their home uniforms after they got unveiled. They like wore them the rest of the season. It seemed like yeah. Yeah, but no. Uh, Miami's is the same essentially. Like those, that one's good. Yeah, obviously. they just changed from good. white to black. But uh, good move on their part. Yeah, the, kind of lazy, but you know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean those. Are, I mean those are easily the best. Like they need to. They just need to make those the regular jerseys. Like and not yeah, like not I'm with you. Not make it a jersey that they have to change out every year. And so yeah, exactly. They're probably um, just going to continue it and make next year's like. The white again, the, the blue or the pink or gray yeah, or just something. Keep doing like different, yeah, colors just different background. Uniform. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, I like the Milwaukee one, which is weird because I it's just like kind of it's like very interesting. Yeah, those are those man. Those look really different. 
those are based off the Mecca court, so that's yeah. kind of cool. Like the old school court where uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won a title, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah, I like the concept of it. The jersey, it's. I mean, I would probably wear that jersey. I like that jersey. Yeah, it's cool. It's just, it's, cool, it's just it's cool. really different from what we're used to seeing. And I think I'm just and taking a while to get used to it. But ultimately, I do like it. Uh, the Rockets went with their weird uh, Chinese New Year uniform, which is awful, and I hate it. Still, yeah, both both the Rockets and the Spurs. Why don't they ever like make any like big changes to their jerseys? They've been wearing the same jerseys for like ten years. I think for T to mention that it was on the table because he just bought the team. I was like, yeah, you know, it's like a way for an owner to make a statement and bring in a new era. So like, I could see him changing the uniforms at some point in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I think the Spurs wh- with their camo. I have no idea why you guys are doing that. You guys have the coolest, like the the. The whatever the Fiesta yeah. uniforms, like you have these colors and they just don't use them. It's <laughs> really, really fucking annoying. It's like I don't know, like who is like in charge of like market analysis to see like what the fans really want. It's very obvious that we want Fiesta color themed stuff, especially jerseys, and they just don't do it, and I don't understand why. They in, in, always, in the arena no. they sell fan jerseys that just look like you know like scrimmage like practice jerseys of the Fiesta colors. And those look better than any Spurs jersey that's been out over, like, the past 20 years. Well, I mean, they've been the same for, for the past 20 years, to be fair. I mean, pretty much, except for, like, minor, minor changes. Yeah, but One no, thing I'm I just always thinking liked, of, like, the alternates that they've used over the years, too. Just... I always liked the, uh, when you guys wore just, like, your regular uniforms, but you had the Fiesta Court. I thought that was cool, like, the color yeah, popped yeah. against, like, the white jerseys, but they got rid of that. <laughs> I have you know, no idea black, what Black and silver, like the Raiders. You guys are like the Raiders of the NBA. <laughs> I, um, I like the Celtics uniforms forever. That's what, I like the gold trim. I think that's cool. Yeah, It's very simple. Yeah. I'm glad they went away from gray, which was awful. Yeah. Last season's gray uniforms were terrible. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just... I mean, I get it because it's, like, legendary, because, like, they've kind of had the same thing since, like, the 60s or whatever, but I'm just bored by that look. I wish there would be, like, something what? different. I don't know what that would look like, but I just, I think that's another thing that just needs something new. You're wrong. You're wrong. What about John. Cleveland? What do you think about Cleveland's? Um, I thought it was, I actually don't dislike them. I think it's, like, they're like, yeah, let's swerve, let's go all the way with it and make it really radical. Yeah. And I, I kind of like it with, the, like, the big... The just bright colors and like the cross and like the sort of yeah. tear looking uh, imagery they have. Yeah, yeah. Just, those are up there with Milwaukee as far as like the most out there jerseys. The worst ones are the Clippers uniforms are pretty bad. I don't like the LA thing in the middle of the yeah, chest. I think God, that's dumb. they are in such a horrible streak of jerseys. All their jerseys yeah. have been terrible over the past well, few I years. Like their, I like their regular uniforms. Okay, I especially like their like baby their. Uh, Sky blue ones or whatever. Yeah, powder blue. They're powder blue alternates, like the Buffalo Brave alternates. Those are cool. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I really like the ones from like the. Do they still wear like the ones that are just like just plain cursive, like it was like earlier in the decade or like in the mid two thousands? They're just like cursive. I don't says think Clippers. So. Uh uh-uh. uh. Those were really really good. I like those a lot. Yeah, I liked the uniforms they had when Blake and Chris Ball were running. Yeah, so, like what, at first. What about the Nuggets? Um, I just don't like the Nuggets colors, so I hate I hate it. I really I really like the Nuggets colors. Oh, no, I they love did, the they rainbow did the theme. rainbow one, right? Yeah, rainbow, right? Yeah, I really like the rainbow theme, but like they keep trying to modernize it when they should really just go back to what it was in the 80s and 90s. That's like I don't like the modern look of it. 
Um, any then, other one you want to mention? Um, the Wolves one, obviously. Prince, yeah, the Prince ones are cool. I think that's a really smart... Uh, they need to get some goodwill with the fans, so... Just do something with <laughs> yeah. Prince. <laughs> you do something Prince involved, and everybody's like, "Hey, we're happy about that." Yeah. What about OKC? Um, I actually like I like them. I like them a lot. I actually think they should just wear those for the rest of the season. Those are definitely better than any other OKC jersey to ever exist. Yeah, I, I want a white version of that uniform also, so they can just f- switch to that from now on. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, and Chicago. I really like Chicago's. They kind of did the same thing as Philly with just, like, the stars instead of, uh, any, yeah. like, text on it. But I really like those uh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. But, um... And then I'm trying to think of the ones that are... Oh, the New York ones are horrible. Yeah, those the are... The ones. Yeah, those are absolutely the terrible. Bi- oh, the Biggie, the Biggie Brooklyn ones are cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are really cool, too. It yeah. looks It looks like... I mean, I'm sure you've seen people make the joke that, like, they just... Uh, the Memphis and Indiana jerseys. They're look, the same. They're the same. They look like someone was just like, okay, here's my homework. Just don't copy it word for word. And yeah. <laughs> that's what they came up with. It's the same, man. It's bad. They are terrible. They're terrible. I mean, I guess you, I don't know who to blame though. Do you blame Nike or do you blame like, I don't, I don't the teams? Like, yeah, we want the same thing as that team. Or do you think it happened organically? Like they accidentally had the same idea? Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't. I don't. Under, I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand the concepts of them. Like Mem- Memphis is the same as the regular jerseys. It's just different colors. Like yeah, I really, I really like their black and white ones that say Memphis on them. I really like those a lot. I think those are cool. But these are not that good. Um, let me see what else. Um, the Mavericks ones are beyond terrible. Yeah, I don't understand why people like, and also the sell on it was like, hey, these are just, I don't know if it's like this is young people in Dallas, like they're vibrant or something, but then it's, they're black. I don't understand the uniform. It's literally just the logo blown up. Like there's there's nothing there's nothing to it. They look. They wore them last night and they didn't look good and per and like on TV either. They look like like they look like D League jerseys. I don't you know, know what did look good though? Luka Doncic almost hitting a triple double. <laughs> that guy's so good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fuck you, Will. You can't stop us now. <laughs> yeah, what did he have? What was it, like 22, 8, and 6 or something like that? Yeah, something. Something. And I, I read that he has seven games over 20 points and, like, no rookie, no other rookie has more than four or something like that. Like, he's been, yeah. he's been incredible. He'll average 20 points a game this year, which is something that's, that's special, man. Rookies don't do that that often. Yeah, let me see. I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to look Don up Mitchell his stats it, now. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Look at stats. But no, he's been. I mean, he, he's he is the only person that makes those jerseys look good. Let me see. He's average. Yeah, he's averaging twenty. He's averaging twenty six and a half and four and a half. Shooting almost forty yeah. percent from three. Jesus, man, this guy is yeah. really good. <laughs> he's a rookie. Uh, he's nineteen years old. For God's sakes, it's, it makes no sense, dude. All right. Uh, I say we skipped the all-star chatter. Yes, they might televise the draft. It hasn't been announced yet, right? They haven't decided if they're going to do it. No, I think they are. But, I mean, it's going to be staged anyways, so fuck that. You think it'll be staged? You don't think it'll actually pick guys? I don't, I, don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be. I think what they'll do is that they'll, like, pick their teams, like, in the backstage. And then whenever, and then whenever they, like, uh, actually broadcast it, like, the the... The players know what's gonna happen, or at least the oh. captains know what's gonna happen. I wish no, I wish they was, I wish that the broadcast would be like the first draft, like 
Yeah. But I don't think that's going to so happen. So you could see somebody gonna, get salty in their last it. pick. I want to see the guy that gets picked last and just see how sad he looks. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was, last uh, year was It might Al- be John Wall. It might be John Wall who gets picked last. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Just John Wall. Assuming, he has, yeah, assuming he gets assuming picked. He gets, I don't know yeah. if he will. <laughs> but They should just let the players pick whoever they want. That would be more fun. Like, hey, that would be like wild. a list of 40. Here's a list of 40 players. You guys can pick whoever you want. That would be really wild. Out of wild. these 40. That would be really cool. Like, if the the, the the fans vote for 40 players to be in the list, and then you get to pick yeah. whoever you want up yeah. the list. And that way, people actually get left out. It's like, oh, will I be in the All-Star game, or do I get to go on a vacation? That would be <laughs> high. You know what I mean? Hey, because you know some guys would be like, I'd rather be on vacation. I don't want to play. Like, he'd like call LeBron, like, man, I don't want to play in that game. Yeah, I bet half of those <laughs> players hate that they get – that they're like, I mean, I'm got, I'm, I bet they're happy they got selected, but I hate that they hate. I bet that they hate actually showing up. So, well, what was Jimmy Butler like? Didn't play in the All Star game last year because he was sick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was hungover, <laughs> as they say. But, uh, the L.A. nightlife. Uh, okay, so we talked about Luca. Here's a wild thought, John. Yeah, it's possible that the Mavericks could be bad enough that they somehow get the number one overall pick, thus pairing. Luka Doncic and Zion Williamson together for the next 12 years. If that happens, just give them the title. Just give it to them. <laughs> just like, there's no point. If Good. that happens, I will be actually sad because they will have three of my favorite pro prospects of the last, like, four or five years. They would have Jalen Brunson oh, yeah. <laughs> and Zion Williamson all on the same team. And I'm, I'm engineered to hate the Mavericks because they play in the same division as the Rockets. Yeah. But I can't, even this year, I can't help myself but watch Dallas and be like, man, I really like this team. It's fun. Yeah, like, I know. Just, I can't help it. They're going to they're gonna be the team to take down Golden State if that happens. <laughs> but let's talk about, I think, well, by the time they're like hitting their primes, Golden State will be over the hill. But let's talk about Zion Williamson a little bit before we before we exit the podcast. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Zion, yeah the, Zion for Williamson, those who might not know, rookie, John, tell huh? people. I said, for the people that might not know, tell them who Zion Williamson is. Yeah, uh, freshman for Duke. Um, he was widely regarded as the best prospect heading into the NCAA season. Uh, before that, it was just a bunch of like YouTube high school highlights of him just like completely dominating people and <laughs> dunking like Shaq. But uh, in, th- in this game where Duke ranked number two beat. Uh, or no, ranked number four beat Kentucky, ranked number two, uh, one eighteen to eighty four, and Damn. Zion Williamson had 20, 28, 11, and two, and shot eleven for thirteen, and uh, giving credit to his other two teammates who are probably going to be top picks. Uh, R.J. Barrett had thirty three, four and six, and Cameron Reddish had twenty two, two and three with four steals. Off the bench, I think, right? They don't start. Doesn't Cam come off? I don't know. I can't I remember. Know. I didn't watch the game. But, yeah. So, man. God damn, this he's kid, good. <laughs> this kid is Zion Williamson. I mean, it's not even hyperbolic to say that he might be the best prospect since LeBron. <laughs> like, it's like, people are already comparing them. Like, which I feel, <laughs> I feel bad for him, honestly, because it's, like, really hard to live up to that comparison. Yeah. But, like... There are people on ESPN, like the hot takey shows, they're like, wow, will Zion Williamson be as good as LeBron? It's like, that's not fair. <laughs> but also, yeah. will he be? Because <laughs> he is. He is a freak of nature. My God. Yeah, and for people who don't know his measurements, he is 6'7", 
uh, weighs 285. If he were in the NBA, he would be bigger than everybody not named Boban Marjanovic. Who's 7'3". Yeah, who's 7'3". Yeah, who's only heavier than him because he has, like, almost a foot on him. And, like, God, and, like, this is a guy who's built, like, just, like, a shack who's just, like, a couple inches shorter. And he moves like a point guard. He has handles. He can defend. The one... The one area that he can work on is his jumper, and it's not even bad. It's just like yeah, something that he needs to work on. Yeah, his shot is a little slow. Yeah, it's a little slow, but the form is fine. Yeah, yeah. So like, he he can literally he can like, I don't know like how to how how do you even assess a guy like that because like we we've never seen like like not like already like etching his face into the NBA Mount Rushmore of <laughs> Hall of Famers but we've never seen a prospect like him. We've never seen a guy as big as him move like him at 18 years old. Like he he's an 18 year old. There's the expectation Ex- that he's going to continue growing. Except LeBron. I feel like that's yeah. the only guy you could be like, "Oh, we've seen like maybe there's some I think LeBron was smaller, but yeah. like lighter. He was lighter, but yeah, Zion the best He looks best like he looks like LeBron now. <laughs> Yeah, the best player comp I've seen is that he reminds people of Barkley. Yeah, because they sort of have that uh, same thing where they play power forward, but they could do other stuff like dribble. And, yeah. and play and block shots. But Barkley was like six four, and Zion's like a legitimate six seven, six eight. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a lot bigger. He's like Julius Randle, big but way more explosive. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Um, I mean, I know it. It. I mean, at this point, it just sounds. I don't know if this sounds nuts or if this is even like. Oh. I don't. I don't know if this even makes sense. He's but, on the Zion train. Here we go. Let's go. He looks like a blend of Prime Draymond Green and Blake Griffin to me. He looks like if you got yeah. the best qualities of Draymond Green and Blake Griffin and put them into one player, the two qualities of a defensive player of the year and a guy who was an MVP candidate in his prime, that looks like Zion Williamson to me. Or yeah, what he could be. Yeah, it, it, it's. He's it's it's like breathtaking to watch him play basketball. <laughs> he's <laughs> and also, I mean, huge. like to be fair, to be fair, he's playing against college kids. But the the knock on him was like you said earlier, those high school tapes are ridiculous because he's like so much bigger than everybody yeah. else. So now he's playing with guys that are his size and theoretically the same sort of level of athleticism, and he's still a grown man amongst boys. Yeah, it's just like like and he and it's and the vision. He's making passes like Jason Kidd and shit. I'm like, yeah, what is going he's on? He's taking, he's yeah, he's taking the ball up to court. He's leading the break. He's thro- he's throwing passes in tra- into traffic and landing successfully. Like, God, like this is nuts. Like, I don't. This is and this is his competition. It's not like he's ahead of the curve. Like as far as like uh, like physically speak, like like uh, like age related speaking, like this. These are the people that he's supposed to play against, and like he's making them look like children. Like he, yeah. If if I'm Rick Carlisle, and Mark Cuban, and you have any chance of tanking, yeah. But having like Luca, I'd be like, yeah, let's uh, we're shutting you down midway through the season, and we're just gonna take a shot because, man, they could get Zion Williamson playing power forward with Luca Doncic and Dennis Smith. I mean, I just yeah. I'm, <laughs> Guys who weigh almost. I might three- have to become a Maverick fan. I, I might have to buy a jersey. <laughs> like, Guys who weigh almost three hundred pounds should not be dunking from the free throw line. Like that. And I actually think he'll 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 lose some weight. He'll probably get down to about two seventy, which is like still crazy. Yeah, right. But he'll lose some of the baby fat, and he'll be even more athletic. Like it's 
It's it's it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you if you guys haven't seen him. Obviously, we're an NBA podcast, and we I like M- the NBA game a lot more than I like the college game. But I will say this: I will be watching a lot of Duke basketball this season. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like if you. I'm pretty much the same way where I don't watch that much college basketball. It's but, really hard to watch unless you're watching like Villanova yeah. or or like freak athletes. Yeah, like, that's basically the only time I watch it. I feel like NBA fans owe it to themselves to watch Zion Williamson and see who's the guy who's going to be dominating the NBA for like the next <laughs> decade. And and also like by all accounts he's like a good kid. He works really hard. Like he tries really hard on defense. He's not like one of these guys yeah. that comes in like plays no defense. Like doesn't care. Like. He's flying around the court. Yeah, he's it's diving crazy. for loose balls. He doesn't seem like a jerk of a guy. His and like I just, I don't, I don't know. Also, he's got a cool name, man. Most NBA superstars have cool names. Zion Williamson's a cool fucking that name. That, re- that guy can't fail. You ha- can't fail. You have to be a superstar with that kind of name. Can you then, can you imagine if he improves his jumper? If he fixes the one I mean. thing that he's <laughs> not good at. If he ever gets, like, yeah, if he even gets, like, to LeBron, like, 35% from three, like, it's done. This is a wrap. Yeah, he can, he can already blow by everyone. He can already beat everyone off the dribble, and he's big enough to guard centers. He's big enough and athletic enough to guard centers. So, like, I don't – he has P.J. Tucker's body, but <laughs> but he's, like, a 50-inch vertical. Like, it's, it's not fair. It, it's really he not. He is going – he's going to be good right away. Yeah. He, yeah, I mean, he, he has to be. I mean, the, the big knock on prospects is that they need time adjusting to, like, the pace and building muscle and things like that. Like, th- this, he he already looks like a seasoned vet. <laughs> yeah, he has a pro body already. He really does. Like, like he reminds like, and Aiton was kind of like that in that sense. Like, they just already, they look, like, ready. He's ready to roll, man. Yeah, yeah. If Atlanta gets him, then they won the Dallas trade. Like that, they get him, that's true. That's if true. they get him with one of those picks, like if Dallas doesn't tank and they keep winning, like and he gets, uh, I don't know. Yeah, God. I don't know. Would you trade? Who would you trade? Would you trade DeRozan for the number one overall pick and whoever and like and uh, and Dejounte Murray? Would you trade both of them for the number one pick? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Can we? You would. Can we switch Aldridge and DeRozan? <laughs> nah, it has to be DeRozan. God damn it. Cause like I'm just thinking like what it's gonna take for a team outside the number one pick to I, I don't think whoever gets it will trade it but yeah what would it take like it'll probably take like a star but I don't think that's off the table yeah like what if like fuck like what if what if Celt- what if the Celtics finally give up all those assets for Zion and like I would trade Jalen Brown and whatever else like yeah. and Marcus Smart and two first round picks to get Zion Williamson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would what do if, it. Yeah, what if it's something like that? Like I It's I, probably what it's gonna take. It's probably gonna take something ridiculous. Yeah, let me look up the standings. But if, it would have if, to be like some dumb team to trade it. I wouldn't trade him. Like that guy's coming in and gonna score twenty points a game right away. Yeah. Let me see. Who who's at the bottom of the standings who can okay, so the the bottom four uh, Sacramento really picked a bad time to not have their pick. Let yeah, me just say that. That is, like, God, so terrible. <laughs> like, they picked a really bad time to not have their pick. Yeah, the bottom four are Cleveland, Atlanta, Washington, and Phoenix. Yeah, Cleveland. Oh, Washington should just keep tanking, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Do they have their pick? The what? Do they have their own pick? I think they do. Man, if Washington has their own pick, they need to be like, uh, yeah, John Wall, you're, you're hurt. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I totally forgot until you mentioned it that 
Atlanta has the Dallas pick because of the Doncic trade. Well, depending on where it is, I think if it's like super high, then Dallas keeps it. Let me, which is why they need a tank. Uh, let me, let me look it up. Uh, Hawks draft picks. Uh, I think it's like top five protected or something. Yeah, and um, but yeah, like, can you imagine? Let me see. Like, what that could be their own pick. Like, can you imagine? Like, what if they end up? Uh, let me see here. I really need to like. What if they end up with two of those guys? They can theoretically. I I I can't remember if there are any protections on it. There is. Let me see. There's a protection, I think. I don't remember. I think it just flips the next year if it if Dallas keeps it. Let me see. Yeah, cause yeah, I'm thinking a lot about. Let me see. But yeah, yeah it's man, it's top five protected. Yeah, so Dallas, man, I know you guys are like in Luka mania, and it's all great, but think of the greater good. God. <laughs> I, I don't even care that I'm a Rockets fan. I want to see Luka <laughs> Doncic. I want to see Luka Doncic <laughs> running pick and rolls with Zion Williamson so bad. Like, oh, my God. That's what I want forever, and I don't want to just see it in the All-Star games because that's yeah. what would happen. I want to see it every game. And, I mean, like, you know, and – to be fair, like their primes won't align with Harden and Paul's prime, so I'll be all right for a few <laughs> years. But I just won't watch it. Yeah, D- Dallas fans, if you're ever wondering what it was like, what it would be like to see Larry Bird and LeBron play together. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Take the words right out of my mouth, John. <laughs> god. Could not, could not say it better myself. Oh my god. Okay. All right then. Should we? We're all, we're almost at like an hour and a half, so I think let's we wrap up. Let's wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap up. Okay. All right, then. Well, this was uh, Trolling the Paint. I'm John. We have uh, Trent here. Hopefully, Will is back by the next one. Oh, we're going to need to record in, like, a couple weeks because I'm going to be gone next week for Thanksgiving. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I think all of us will be. Well, you'll be gone next week for Thanksgiving? Yeah. I'll, or the week after? Well, the, the, this upcoming weekend is when I leave back home. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I'll be able to record the weekend after Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll do something. Maybe we'll figure out a special edition or something. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Controlling the paint. All right, then. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.